Hello, Internet. Hello, digital friends. Welcome to the GG Cast, episode 14. Don't you know who I am? You, sir, are a needy SOB, is what you are. Damn right. I am Dr. Brian L., a needy SOB. Touche. Here, as always, hosting this medical monstrosity we call the GG Podcast. Uh, where you come for all of your gaming-related medical advice. I claim absolutely uh, as... zero medical anything. Oh, no, no, no. Don't worry. We've got uh, everything figured out for this week. Uh, we apologize for all the one-star reviews on iTunes, people that have passed away um, due to some of our previous medical advice. Uh, we swear that we have it all worked out for this week. Uh, man on the other side of the podcast, identify yourself. I am Jason Heading. I am not a doctor, but I am... Staying at a Holiday Inn Express next week, so I should be okay. Not sponsored. So next week, next week's podcast, that's the one that you go to for Jason's medical advice. Exactly. Uh, but this one, I got on lock. Yes, I we're good. Out. We're good. No, I'm just a, uh, I'm just a gamer, just chillaxing, you know, having a good time, yeah. drinking my coffee at nine o'clock at night. It's perfect. That's what a gamer does, right? Yeah, I mean that or Mountain Dew or. Game fuel, or yeah, see, I'm an old gamer. One of those five hour energy drinks that taste like liquid Smarties. Yeah, see, I'm an old gamer, so it's coffee. If I was a young gamer, I'd be drinking. Well, Mountain Dew's not really a thing anymore either. It's more of those, you know, crazy energy drinks like five hour energies and stuff like that. Why are you? Why are you so tired tonight? I'm not tired. I'm just anticipating staying up late playing video games and editing a podcast. So I'm pre gaming. That's all. Oh, man, you really are old. If you have to start like downing caffeine ahead of time in order to make sure that you're going to be able to stay awake for some gaming a little bit later right uh, isn't that sad God, being an adult sucks. seriously anyway how was your week man my week was not too bad um did not get a whole lot of gaming in we had some family in town for my little guy's birthday party so uh, a lot of fun but not necessarily a whole lot of gaming i uh, did get a little bit of stuff in though um a little bit of overwatch is actually playing right before we started up this podcast, uh, doing pretty well on my uh, my new favorite main, uh, which is Brigitte. Uh, basically, if, if for anybody that has not been listening over the last uh, few months of this podcast, uh, I pretty much came to the realization that I could either rage quit every single time some stupid, annoying Brigitte kicked my ass, or I could just learn to be good at playing the annoying character that I hated. So I've become all that I despise, and it's just fantastic. Um, really good way to go about gaming, I think, actually. Yeah, you did. Uh, find the most annoying people that constantly kill you and then just emulate them. You totally did the opposite of sticking it to the man. You just, like, embrace the man, and you're like, Oh, God, I, come to I, me. I am the man. Yeah. I'm the yeah. man, I'm the man, no. I'm the man. No, anyway. <laughs> Which is why I only play female characters in games. Exactly, exactly. Um... Did our Mythic Monday. Um, did actually pretty well. We uh, we two-chested one for the first time in quite a while. Yeah. Did you get a key? Did you even check your key yet? I did, and it's like a really low one. I feel like I got a, like a plus four or a plus five or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm so confused. We one chest or two chested a plus seven or plus six, and I got a plus five key. And I was like, I, nah. I thought it should go up, not down. I'm so confused. But and whatever. Maybe, maybe the game's finally realized that we're not carrying our weight, and now they're starting to actually give out keys based on how well you do. <laughs> they're like, you guys cheese that instance. Actually don't belong in the plus seven range. Why, just is, why is my key a negative number this week? Why can't I even get into a mythic? <laughs> 
Um, but then I also uh, played a little bit more of Baba Is You. Oh my god! And I talked about this last week. This is my uh, this is my current favorite puzzle game. I've uh, been playing it on my commute. Little stumped on a couple puzzles here right now that I'm working on, but I am still really enjoying this this game. It's uh, it's a good one if you haven't picked it up yet on the Switch. I have not. I have not picked it up yet. Uh, I'll probably pick it up. Uh, I'm really excited about The Witness tomorrow, so I'm, I'm going to yes. download and install that tomorrow. Again, a little PSA for anybody listening. Epic Game Store, um, the juggernaut that it is, uh, has The Witness for free tomorrow through next week. So download it, install yeah. it, enjoy it. Yeah, for those of you not aware of what tomorrow means, he is actually talking about uh, the 5th of April. Uh, Oxen Free is the current free game that ends on the 4th of April. Yes. Four. Good counting, buddy. Yes. Um, and I will not go into The Witness again. I think I, I ranted about that enough last week when I just was reminded of how much I love that game. Uh, but next week, next week, oh no, next week I will not be on the podcast. So the week after that, we'll have Witness Cast. Is it next week or the week after you're not on the podcast? Next week. Next week. Oh, yeah, yeah, Next week we've got surprise, some surprise guests. That's right. That's right. I'm excited for that. Well, hey. Jason's going to be dual boxing and uh, doing a podcast with him. So. Yeah, I got an auto-tune thing that I can figure out how to change my voice. Um, so I was going to go on your witness rant from last week. We actually, I saw two of my uh, favorite content creators uh, who listened to the podcast both playing The Witness last week because they heard so many great things from you. So they were doing it on stream, playing The Witness. It was awesome. So yes, props to those two. for, And they even called you out a couple of, or one of the guys called, <laughs> called you out. This, they're like, this podcast I listened to, they were just ranting about this game and so I had to try it out. Now, candidly, when I asked him what he thought, he's like, game is fucking hard. I'm like, yes, it um, is. It is. Yes, it, it is not necessarily an easy game, but it is one of the most satisfying yeah. games that I have ever played. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. Again, I, I promised I'm not going to talk about it this week. Two weeks, Witness Cast. Yes, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Play the Witness. Well, I, uh, you know, again, this, I, Brian, I feel like we got to branch out a little bit. Maybe that, you know what, the, the Humble Monthly is uh, coming up here, so hopefully that'll give us some more random indie games to play to kind of branch out. But uh, I did the same, you know, again, the usual suspects last week. Some Overwatch, some Apex, some WoW. Um, I thought about, I was like literally inches from pulling the trigger on um, the Division 2. Just haven't done it yet. I, that there's, I, I get to a point where... What's holding you back? Uh, I've heard mixed reviews. Like I've heard so many great things. I'm like, I gotta do it. And then right when I'm getting ready to do it, someone's like, Oh, I had this terrible experience in the division two, and it fucking sucks. And I'm like, Whoa, okay, maybe we won't do that. Yeah. So, no, everything I heard out the gate was that it was fantastic, and that really seems to have dropped off. Yeah. Um. And again, I I also have not played it yet, so I don't really want to talk kind of out out of my place here on on if it's good if it's bad if it's somewhere in the middle but it seems like it released really strong and just has kind of fizzled out a little bit there yeah the other problem i have with it is um apparently my ubisoft account is being used by somebody i don't know in russia so i got mm. i got to figure that out i mean there's no credit cards or anything tied to it i've never really enjoyed any ubisoft game uh, I think right now the one that I have on there, besides obviously Assassin's Creed ones, is um, what was the one where you ran around and hacked everything? You were like a hacker. Oh god, 
Oh, uh, Sleeping Dog? No. no, no. Uh, Watch Dogs. Thank you. Watch, Watch Dogs. Dogs. Yeah, so Watch Dogs is the one I have on there. So I really have no need to even claim that account back until I pick up Division. <laughs> so... Well, yeah, but if, if somebody's already in your account, it really gives you a whole lot of confidence of throwing your credit card info on there to pick up a new game. Right, yes. I mean, I probably should change the password from password one to something else, but uh, either way. Uh, so, yeah, that's that was kind of my gaming last week. So, it was, I mean, it was fulfilling. I enjoy Overwatch, I enjoy Apex, and I enjoy WoW, so we're good to go. Well, you know, I, I think I agree with you, though. Uh, we owe it to our listeners to branch out again. Um, I have not had a good opportunity to jump in and play any more of my cat dating sim in a while, so, uh, might have to, uh, get back to that and see if, uh, Fuzzy Buttons or Whisker Tittles or whatever is still into me. <laughs> I'm sure she is, or he is. I'm not, I don't know which one was, so. Yeah, don't you, don't you toss genders onto my cat. I'm sorry, I apologize. Let's, uh, transition to the news before this gets awkward. Talking about transitioning. Sorry, oh, I see what you did there. News. So uh, news. let's see. This week, there's all sorts of news. Yeah, this week was good. I like the news this week, kind of. Um, some some comedy involved. We'll uh, touch base on some of the news that popped out on the first of April, which is good. Um, but uh, first and foremost, one of my favorite pieces of news. Finally, Borderlands Three is coming. September thirteen, Borderlands Three is released on PC. Um. And in a huge, huge shocker to everybody that I know, uh, it will be exclusively on the Epic Store. Holy crap. Another right? another Epic exclusive. Uh, this one's only six months. Yeah. So it seemed like a lot of the games they were locking up were 12-month exclusives. This one they only have for six months. So do we take that to mean that they just think that they're going to make more money by getting it out on Steam? Do we take that to mean that maybe some of these... Epic exclusives have not necessarily paid off, I th- or do we just think that it's? Uh, I think uh, candidly, I think all of the backlash from being a um, not a Steam exclusive, ooh, that would have been bad. a uh, Epic exclusive. So all the backlash the developers are seeing from the fan base that, for some odd reason, just refuses to pick up the Epic launcher. Like actually, again, the Epic launcher as a whole, uh, the design and the layout is hot garbage, but. I haven't had any problems with the downloads. I haven't had any problems with the installations or the the running of the games. The games run smoothly. Um, I I don't have a problem with the Epic Launcher. Now, I have a huge Steam library, so I get that. Like, there's part of me going, well, now I have to have two launchers. But I don't get what the uproar is about. Like, oh, I gotta have my Steam. Guys, let me break it to you. Valve is dead. It died with Half-Life. Like, I mean, Valve as a gaming production company, yeah. You know, Portal 2 is what their last their last gasp of amazingness and now they're just going to kind of ride that forever um well and i guess if you want to consider dota 2 to be kind of a valve yeah okay still obviously a juggernaut in everything anyway yes no I, i can accept that but you know what i have like a decade of steam games steam friends I like actually getting into the Steam forums every once in a while. I like the way that they have stuff curated. I like that I have two-factor authentication that actually seems to mean something <laughs> on Steam. Because there have been a lot of stories about Epic and I'll give you that. people's accounts getting hacked even when they have two-factor authentication. 
Um, I have quite a few games on the Epic Launcher now because they keep giving me these free ones. Yeah. Uh, I have not spent money on the Epic Launcher, and I will say that there is something that gives me a tiny bit of pause about giving them my credit card info. Uh, I'll give you that. There has been some security problems, and they've uh, they've acknowledged that. So, And I'm not by any means saying the Epic Launcher is the wave of the future. When do we get sponsored by Epic? By I'm working on it, man. They, they don't have enough freaking shill. They don't have enough money, man. They're just, they're poor. They're poor. <laughs> they can't afford no, us. No, they can't afford us because they're only taking 12% cut of the game development stuff. So. Those poor guys. Yeah, seriously. Anyway, Borderlands 3, September 13th, Epic exclusive for six months. Um, actually, the, uh, the CEO, I think it was the CEO, it might have been the CFO of Epic Games, came out and said, hey, you know, we we will not, this is at the GDC conference, we will not be taking exclusive offers on games that are already out on Steam any longer. The The craziness that happened with Mass Exodus was a bad deal. We just won't do it. And then yesterday I came out and said, ha, just kidding. We decided we're going to leave it up to the developers. If the developers want to come over to us, well, they're going to do it. So uh, that was kind of a little I, backtrack, but... You know, I mean, it's... We've talked about it a little bit before, and everybody else in the the gaming industry has thrown in their two cents on it. You know, the what they're doing with developers sounds great, but there is just something that leaves a horrible taste in at least my mouth about not only giving them these better cuts, which Steam has actually started matching for a lot of games, uh, but throwing the money at them to, I mean, essentially buy these games off, you know, bribe games off. Right. Because it's not just the developer cut that's doing it. A lot of these exclusives that we've you know heard of that have come out is because they're throwing millions of dollars at some of these games in order to buy the exclusive rights right um you know of course like steam as we just discussed is this entrenched juggernaut so how is a new storefront supposed to come in and you know break ground in it as a store themselves um you could argue that they could maybe have a better experience than steam um but i guess if you are epic and you just have dump trucks of money you can release a broken ass wonky storefront and then just buy games sounds about right anyway that's enough about that yes iron man vr iron man vr dude this game looks sick i'm so excited for this like if you ever wanted to be iron man this is i think as close as you're gonna get so it's releasing uh right now it sounds like 2019 early um, you know, who knows where that's actually going to end up, but, uh, the game itself, I mean, there's not a whole lot of early 2019 left though, right? Right. Um, the, we're, we're like mid 2019 now. <laughs> we're getting close. The game itself looks awesome. So I'm excited about it. Uh, you're flying around in the Iron Man suit, you know, shooting photon lasers at all kinds of random crap. It's just a good time. So, um, this is what, I mean, this is what everybody wanted when VR first was kind of becoming a thing right yeah absolutely you want to be iron man you want to be iron man why wouldn't you want to be iron man so that is coming out here hopefully shortly um still no release date launched yet so i I have a hard time believing it'll be early 2019 but we'll figure it out fingers crossed and then you'll have to download the epic launcher in order to play it right hey as long as it's not being developed by bioware i'm okay with it oh shots fired shots fired there's a transition so according to kotaku uh Bioware is not that fun to work for and or develop games for. So they just did a big um, kind of like, I wouldn't call it an expose, but at least a, uh, you know, a, a big news article uh, with some people inside the environment, still inside the Bioware development team and people who have been on the Bio- Bioware development team in the past, uh, just kind of talking about the culture and the, uh, the toxicity that exists inside the company current state. 
Um, and then also kind of the, I don't, uh, dare I say broken, um, development processes they currently have the way their development teams try and sync stuff together right before launch things like that it just doesn't work no i I, yeah i think broken is maybe actually even being a little too gentle on what it seems their development team is kind of going through and the development process that they have over there yeah so it sounds like based on what i was reading i mean it sounds like they literally have two to three teams running in silos all by themselves and then they you know meet up two, three weeks before launch and try and figure out how to get their sections all to work together, and it just does not work. Uh, so a couple of games that they listed, uh, that these inside sources listed as um, uh, their uh, the development, when they use this development process, would be Mass Effect Andromeda and then Anthem, which, as we know now, were both just absolute clusters coming out. Yeah, um, a bit of a train wreck on both of them. Yeah, um, I think... In the article, they mentioned the Bioware magic, which was this idea of just, you know, you do this janky development cycle and somehow the pieces all come together at the end and you end up with this polished, amazing, Bioware-worthy game. And so it seemed like that's just kind of what they banked on of, you know, hey, we've got these great people, we've got these great writers, we've got these great ideas, and it'll just kind of work out. Yeah. And it seems like through the Mass Effect trilogy, it worked out. And Dragon Age Origins, it worked out. And now it kind of maybe lost a little bit of that. <laughs> doesn't work out so much anymore. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, they have lost some big names over the last few years, uh, especially over these last two different projects, Mass Effect Andromeda and Anthem, like you mentioned, uh, which maybe were some of the people holding that together. Um, they were the magicians. Definitely do recommend... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I said they were the magicians. Yeah, exactly. Magic. Um, I do definitely recommend everybody check out this article. Uh, It is depressing. It is kind of a depressing look, again, at uh, gaming development. And we've seen this come out repeatedly. There have been stories that have come out of EA. There have been stories that have come out of Blizzard. Um, I mean, it's... It seems like this is kind of just the trend right now in a lot of these large game studios. I kind of want to do... I kind of want to do, when you get back, after you get back, I want to do a podcast. Okay, well, after the Witness, Witness Palooza... Um, I want to do a podcast around um, kind of the success of gaming and how it's impacting the development world. Because I do feel like there is, because gaming has gotten so big, you have these people that just keep seeing dollar signs and they keep pushing towards the dollar signs. When it used to be when gaming was a small little thing, like you had these developers that really cared about the games they were producing. Now I feel like you got, you know, the Biowares and the Anthem, or the Biowares and the Activisions and the EAs of the world that are just like, I don't care what you're producing as long as you hit a certain timeline and you give me my money. You know what I mean? Well, sure, but um, I mean, let's not throw the developers under the bus on that, though, because I think a lot of the people that are in there doing the day-to-day nitty-gritty do still care about it and everything. Um, I think it's the corporate structure that... Oh, absolutely. ...that has kind of poisoned the well on it. Absolutely. Um, and, it, and, I mean, it is it is interesting because you do have some giant game companies out there, um, you know, Take-Two, who will let some of their developers run and spend 10 years making large games yeah uh you know rockstar kind of gets the freedom to do whatever the heck they want and granted that's because they've had success after success after success you know if that starts drying up uh then maybe that comes back around or something uh same with activision blizzard you know their blizzard sure as hell takes their sweet time releasing games um but you know obviously they are exceedingly profitable with some of those games that they have produced so they're allowed to kind of go at that pace um that doesn't mean that the corporate structure has not 
maybe seeped in a little bit and kind of ruined a little bit of what we used to love about Blizzard. Oh, do you guys, uh, speaking of Blizzard, again, I've mentioned a number of times Blizzard fanboy here. Do yourself a favor and go read, uh, so Heroes of the Storm, their launch, they have this, like, story, right? Because their their current patch is kind of this, like, um, uh, steampunkish, like, dystopian future thing. But if you read okay. through the storyline of kind of like the the lore of this section, it is just rife with like low blows at the Activision executives. It's <laughs> awesome. You just read through wow, it. Wow! So they're they're not even trying to be subtle about it or anything. Oh, well, I mean, they you know if they came down, they're like, "What are you doing here?" We'd be like, "Oh no, it's the way steampunk is, right? It's sticking it to the man." And there's the capitalism, and then there's us trying to stand up for what we're you know. But it's pretty funny if That's you read through good. it. It's totally the developers. I will, I will check that out. Given this thing, That's a pretty good. giant middle finger. So, uh, anyway, now that we've talked about uh, Bioware being a pain in the butt, uh, last couple pieces we have uh, Apex uh, because well, you know, I like Apex, so I'm going to talk about it each week. And they do they're, right now; they're doing a lot of stuff. But they uh, they had a simple content patch that was launched today. Um, well, it was supposed to be simple. Uh, turns out it erased like half of the player base, uh, all of their uh, progress, everything, their character, it was all gone. Levels, achievements, it, it was all gone. Um, so they and this is in, is this independent of the battle pass type stuff, or is this just battle pass progress? No, it, their whole game progress. If they're everything, yeah, if they're level one hundred, they're gonzos. Um, so they did uh, do a shutdown and a rollback. Um, this afternoon to kind of get the servers back to where they were, and then they're going to kind of revisit that patch and figure out what caused the problems. But that was pretty funny and candidly relevant for today's conversation. Uh, And then the last piece I want to talk about, because I thought it was funny, and it also has to do with Valve. Valve came out last week. I don't know if you saw this uh, communication from Valve. um, Basically saying, hey guys, we actually could not have anticipated how much a failure... Our, whatever the new card game was it's architect or architect what is it called oh man i always forget it now because it's that good uh, artifact yeah the artifact artifact yeah yep. they're like we could not have anticipated how much of a brutal failure artifact was going to be uh so don't expect any updates we're literally starting from the ground up on this game uh which is pretty rough <laughs> like that's that's Ooh. anybody who's in in the thing with artifact is it wasn't a cheap game to get into in the first place. Like these guys dropped. Oh, it was a twenty twenty dollar buy in or thirty dollar buy in to get into the game. And then you got to buy cards and you got to buy all cards. So these guys are dropping five six hundred bucks on this game. And then for the developer to come out and go, by the way, uh, what you have right now is what you gonna get. We're gonna fix it by blowing it up and making a different game. Uh, that's pretty you know, rough. It's the part that really stinks about it is that everything that I've heard is that it actually is a really solid card game. Like, it actually, from, like, the card battler type thing, it actually has a lot of good strategy, it has a lot of flexibility, it, it actually is a pretty good game. The stuff surrounding it, the the expensive buy-in, the fact that you had to then spend money to buy all these cards and everything like that, and that the player base absolutely never developed, meant that there's no way that I'm ever going to hop into it. Right, right. But games you should... I mean, maybe they, yeah, maybe they come back with something and they restructure all of that and it'll be something new games you should consider hopping into because it's free to an extent uh hearthstone's new expansion i've heard their single player mode they're launching this new expansion is very slay the spire-esque 
No. So it might be Ooh, might be intriguing I do to like you. That. Yeah. I do like that. I haven't played Slay the Spire too much lately. I have really sunk a lot of time into that earlier this last year though. Yeah. That was that was fun. Yeah. Uh, okay, well let's jump into our discussion this week. I'm pretty excited about this. This is kind of a, a joint thing that we came up with uh not necessarily either of us leading it. So what we're going to do is we're both just going to talk at the exact same time, and then you guys can separate it out left channel from right channel and, and you know, decide who you want to listen to. Um, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. Topic of the show. Don't you know who I am, Jason? I do know who you are. You're not a developer. I am a, I am a gamer, Oh. which means that every damn opinion that I have, the developers of my favorite games should listen to and cater to and structure their entire games around me. Well, but... True or false? But what if I have different opinions than you, Brian? Well, they should also meet all of your opinions. Unless your opinions are diametrically opposed to my opinions, in which case they should develop two games and possibly put an easy mode in. Gotcha. Okay. I'm, I'm good. We're back on the same page. I like this. All right. That is 100% false. 100% false. Yeah. Well, what we, let's, let's get into this a little bit. What we want to talk about this week is what we think the gamer should be kind of expecting slash demanding uh, from the developers of their favorite games or the games that they happen to be playing. Uh, and this, I think, is something that has been topical since probably the first games ever came out. Uh, but I feel like it has really reached this fever pitch the last maybe five or ten years now that you have uh, social media and message boards and places like Reddit that you can go to and everybody is able to freely express their opinions on it. Um, Whether or not we ask for, for anybody... it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and you know, I think that part of this does come back to developers wanting that sort of feedback, right? Like, we've talked about it repeatedly. Developers are game players. Developers love games. Uh, all of these different programmers and content creators and everything are so deeply integrated with their communities and they want that feedback. Uh, but I guess let's talk about like, you know, what level do we think that that feedback is constructive and worthwhile and when does it kind of reach the horrible toxic gamer stereotype that we see out there? Sure. So, uh, I guess let's just kind of jump in. Um, I got a couple questions here that I, that I wrote down that I'm kind of curious your thoughts on. I like questions. All right. Perfect. Question the first. Uh, how much communication do you think should be expected from a game developer to the player base? True. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so <laughs> The answer was C, but... Oh, uh, man. Let's do short answer. Short answer. Uh, you know what? I, I think that game developer to the player base, they don't necessarily owe us anything. Uh, and I know that's probably the unpopular answer. Um, but as a game developer... Uh, a part of me wants to be surprised, right? I don't necessarily want to know all the nooks and crannies of every single content update or every single... Now, if it's a new game coming out, if you want to sell the game, you got to tell me a little bit, right? Because I'm not going to just buy a game because of the title, except for Borderlands 3. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but that's got guns with legs. Right. So and according to their it, launch trailer, billions, billions of guns. Um, but it, With a B. Yes, with a B. But like, for example, content patches. They don't, they don't technically owe me anything to tell me what's going in the content patch. It's not my choice whether or not I agree with their content patch. Um, they get paid a whole lot more money than I do to figure out why they're doing those certain things. Now, I'm saying this now, but when we get into some other things, I'm going to bitch about the content patches. But that's my right as a gamer, right? So, um, 
Well, I mean, on some level, you are the customer. So, right. you know, complaining about the content patches, voicing your opinion on things that you like or don't like, you know, I, I think that that is all legit and valid. Um, you know, the developers reaching back out to the customer and then explaining their decisions and everything, I think can actually be really constructive for the gaming community, though. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it... There's a back and forth on it. I think they owe us nothing. I think it is appreciated when they do reach out, though, or when they have community members that are getting out there and interfacing with the rest of of the consumer base, the the gaming customer base. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm bringing on, you know, piggybacking on that. Uh, how much of the decisions that devs make should be based on that player feedback? Then, so players get out there and they complain about everything that the developers say. And how much do you think the developers should be Responding to that, um, I, I do think that uh, if you are putting yourself out there and if you are having a conversation with um, you know the player base and you want honest feedback, I think if you're going to do that, you owe it to the player base to at least take it into consideration and provide some sort of response to it, right? So I think there's nothing worse than someone going, no, no, we, we care about your opinion, uh, but fuck you, we're never putting it in the game. You know what I mean? Like, that's the biggest part for me that's the Don't you struggle. have a phone? Yeah, don't you have a phone? Everybody loves mobile, right? No, no, God. Anyway, um, I, yeah, I think that, it, again, I don't think you owe me anything. If you don't want to tell me what you're doing and you don't want my input, fine. And I may or may not play your game depending on how fun it is and the changes you make. If you reach out to me and ask me these questions uh, or our player base and ask us these questions or you create a Reddit page that has, you know, monitor community managers and everything else in that page to try and collect some of this data and you don't use any of it, then I think one, you're an idiot. And two, you're just you're just literally making the rounds to pretend like you care. Right. And that sure. to me is just the, it's more insulting than just not asking me in the first place. Sure. So you think if if feedback is solicited, they at least in some level owe it to them. Um, I mean, I guess this is somewhat topical in the news right now because there is a lot of chatter about if uh, FromSoft's new game, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, is just too damn hard. <laughs> and, you know, this is, this is actually really interesting to me because there, I think, are really good arguments to be made on both sides. Yeah. So there have been a couple articles out there claiming that there should be an easy mode in the game. That there are people that... You know, or not necessarily just somebody who is not good at video games, right? You know, the the FromSoft thing has always been, you know, just get good, right? That's how do you beat Dark Souls or Demon Souls or Bloodborne or, you know, any of these Souls-style games? You get good at the game. And Sekiro, I think, you know, backs up right to that with the rest of these games of the way you get better at the game is by playing the game and dying and yep. reading up on strategies and practicing and practicing and everything. But there's an argument to be made that some people might have disabilities... Um, that prevent them from being able to just get good, whether that's just their reflexes are not as quick as, you know, younger gamers, whether that is that they are, you know, missing a limb, somebody that only has one hand or is missing, you know, uh, the ability to be able to hold a controller in kind of a traditional way or something like that, that would love to play through this game and can't because it is so, you know, demanding that they will never be able to just grind their way through it or something like that, um, which I think is, you know, it's, a strong and powerful argument. The argument on the other side of that is this is the game that they wanted to make. You know, so should the developers have to change their vision 
Because they're not, you know, it's not like anybody sat down and said, man, fuck people that can't play with a standard Xbox controller. We're going to make a game specifically designed to screw those people over. Yeah. They said, we want to make a hard, challenging game because that is the type of game that we make and that is the style of game we make. And we think that an easy mode or infinite continues or whatever would ruin our game. I'm sorry, you know. but we talked last two weeks ago about a game called Rape Day. Like, <laughs> sure. I totally understand being up in arms about that, but because a game is too hard from a developer that makes hard games, like they're known for making hard games. Like I never heard anybody go, oh, I need a, I need a handicap version of Blood Souls, right? Like, sure. I, I never heard that. So yes, Sekiro is hard. And yes, FromSoft has touted it's the hardest game I, they've I, made. And they, you know what? You know what? I really want to play Blood Souls now. I have no idea what oh, weird matchup you just made, just, but, <laughs> but I would love to play some Blood Souls. Yeah, that's going to be their next game. It's coming out afterwards. It's called Blood Souls. Uh, <laughs> Blood Souls Shadows Die Thrice. Yes, exactly. Um, but I mean, that's they they are proud to say that Sekiro is probably the hardest game they've made. Sure. Um, and so from that side of things, no, I don't. I don't think. The developer again owes it to us to provide an easy way so we can see the content. If you want to see the content that bad, uh, YouTube it. Watch it on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube yeah, it. Sure. Well, so and it's funny because uh, one of the games that kind of got really praised for this last year in 2018 was Celeste, um, and I played through that a couple months back. Um, absolutely loved it. Another great game to pick up on the Switch for you uh, with this new Switch you have. Uh, fantastic game, and they actually have a bunch of kind of accessibility things built into it that actually do allow you to adjust how difficult the game is. Um, but that was, again, this is something that almost kind of in some ways ties into the storyline itself um, and was something that was really important to the developers. They specifically wanted to do that, and they incorporated it into it. Um, so, you know, I guess the, the takeaway for me is that I think it is great that the developers have started, you know, some developers have started listening to customer feedback on certain issues like that. But I also think that it's important to give artistic license and artistic freedom to these developers and not basically demonize FromSoft for making the game that fits their vision just because it's maybe not a game that everyone can play and enjoy. Right, right. No, I agree with that 100%. I mean, my God, man, there are there are so many more games than any human could ever possibly play right now. It sucks if you really, really wanted to play that type of game and you just can't do it, but... I think he might just need to move on. I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, please. When you were younger, yes. did anybody ever make a easier version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for you? <laughs> or Aladdin, no. for that matter? Or any of those games that were just sure, freaking Lion impossible? King or Battletoads or any of these games. No. No, I mean, it's that is just what we kind of expected at the time. Yeah. Um, now, granted, you can make an argument that that was also part of the replay value. Yeah, absolutely. Because once you were actually good at those games, it was 10 minutes or 15 minutes to get through the thing. So the replay value and the reason it was actually worth the $60 that you spent back then is because you would spend 40 hours trying to beat a single level. Right, right, right. No, I hear um, you. No, it's... It, again, I think it's a, a cool topic on both sides. Or maybe cool is the wrong word for it. I, I like debate and I like drama, so... I am kind of fascinated by it because I think both sides have really reasonable uh, ideas on it. Yeah, and I okay. I agree with you. I think you know the I'm all for adaptive gaming and I'm all for making things playable. And I love the you know Xbox just came out with a new adaptive controller. Like I'm good with that. But my my stance on it is, it, you know, if you 
have a disability that doesn't cause you to or allow you to use your hands fully and the adaptive controller that xbox made doesn't quite cover the need to be able to react fast enough to play sekiro maybe i don't pick up sekiro then you know what i mean like sure. that that's i totally get it you want to play it i understand that but i i don't think it's your right to push back on the game or go you need to make this easier for me because i can't beat it sure yeah no and that's and that's just it like be disappointed wish that you could do it but i think throwing out kind of negativity to the developers is where it maybe is unfair right um okay how about content right how much should we be demanding from developers for content uh developer makes a new patch that bricks your system i think it's pretty legitimate to expect that maybe they try to fix that sort of thing sure absolutely uh but i feel like there's kind of almost this demand now that games should be this like living service or all games should be a living service obviously some of them are put out there with that in mind uh are we spoiled are gamers spoiled like do we now expect that every game is going to be like fortnite where you have weekly or monthly big content drops um or you know even single player games that get huge amounts of of content dropped i mean for some reason now that the Witcher 3 came out and had some of the greatest expansion packs ever. That is now what apparently gamers seem to think every expansion pack. <laughs> yeah, every expansion pack now apparently needs to be essentially the greatest expansion pack that has ever been released for a game. Yeah, I, so I think um, from a quantity of content, I, I do think we are a little spoiled. Um, I think that, it, well, so I, here's where I struggle, right? I'm a WoW gamer. While content comes once every six months, that cadence has moved forward a little bit now because they're releasing, you know, lighter patches that provide a little bit more content here or there. But but as a whole, it's not expected to see content all that often. Flip that, some of these battle royales going on right now. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, these gamers expect content to change weekly to bi-weekly, and I think that's ridiculous. Like to to put that sort of demand on a developer to say, hey buddy. I know you just launched patch A, but I need you to have patch B in development and on my desk by Friday. Like, sure. That, that's ridiculous. And that's why you get crap like Apex Legends launching a patch this morning that wiped out half of its player base because they don't take their time. They didn't troubleshoot or test it correctly. Uh, and they're just trying to push content out. Um, it's why. A sure. And, and do you think that's because they've been getting flack about maybe this first season being a little lean? Uh, I think that, yeah, I think they're getting a lot of flack about the first season, but I also would argue that the first season being a little lean and coming out crappy is because we rushed them to it. Like, again, sure. the community put bitched and bitched and bitched. You said March. It well, Yeah, it came out in March. March could have been March 31st, right? I mean, March is March. Um, but we. I mean, there is something to be said about a little bit of entitlement and people demanding more content in a game that they can play for hundreds of hours without spending a penny. Yes, exactly. These guys are looking at it like, you guys didn't pay me crap for this. Why are you getting on my case about it, right? So yeah. um, I, I do feel like we are a little entitled when it comes to content. I also feel like it creates problems uh, for the developer trying to develop content that fast. Even World of Warcraft right now, I am dying i'm dragging through this story in world of warcraft right now and sure it's just yeah, taking I think for player bases for the story to come out and i feel like they're launching these small little bits of the story because they want to put more content out more and more and more and more right so you you tease me with like a 30 second trailer that walks me through 
five percent of the storyline, and then I have to wait. Oh, hey, Jaina needs a new cloak. Run over here and buy one. Yeah. All right. Tune in next month for Jaina puts her cloak on. Right. So that's I I I, I almost wish she would just not do that, and then just drop major content patches every seven eight months, right? Sure. Um, and I understand that's not the case for some other games, but games like that, I'm all about it. So. I do feel like we are well, a little entitled. Well, of course, on something on something like WoW, though, where you're paying a subscription, they almost need to kind of do a trickle of content at all times in order to keep people in there. Right. Because if they did it where they just released it once a year, once every six months, every seven months, whatever it is, there are going to be a lot of people that will unsubscribe. You know, they'll unsub for five months out of it, come back for two months, play through the content, unsub. So you keep this slow trickle going, and it keeps people there. Um, now, granted, you could also look at something like Netflix, which obviously is not video games. This is something different. But there, it's just a flood of constant content that keeps you around. Yeah. You might be waiting an entire year for the next season of the show that you're interested to come out. And then when it comes out, you binge it all in a single weekend. But there's enough other stuff, little things maybe, that keep you interested until your big ones come out again. Yeah, but I would also argue, and I'm, I'm going to use Apex as, a, as another example, I would also argue that providing too much content that's not quality you're going to lose the same amount of players if not most more right so right now apex's community was at 50 million three weeks ago and it's it's falling because of the lack of quality content they've provided right the the battle pass gives me no reason to come back like i it takes forever to level in the battle pass it takes there's nothing valuable the the well that's yeah that's the other side it takes you yeah it takes you forever to level but then once you do level you're not going to get anything that's worth struggling for anyway right and the one thing i'd say that epic and fortnite does well right is in order to level in their battle pass it's things like kill five people with this weapon right that's cool that's fun it gets me to play this is literally just grind xp until you get to level 100 well that fucking sucks like why would i do that that doesn't make any sense so uh, so let's so let's say they turn around and they make season two and it's incredible yep they they actually have interesting things out there that you can be getting by leveling up in it the the way you grind experience is more enjoyable it's maybe a little bit faster so you feel rewards coming in is the player base coming back or they start losing people so i think the nice part about games like apex and fortnite is yeah the player base will come back because it's free to play so let's pick it back up they'll just reinstall the game or they'll just boot it back up because they kept it updated because all it's doing right now is just taking up 19 gigabytes of space on their hard drive right so sure um, and hard drive space is not really a concern for most people at this point yeah so i think games like that yeah i think they come back i think games like world of warcraft that's a little bit harder because i'm paying a 15 dollars a month subscription for that so you have to make the content valuable enough for me to want to drop 15 bucks on just that content knowing full well i might very well stop playing in a month Right, so I just wasted fifteen bucks to walk through twelve minutes of content. It better be good content, right? So that's sure. that's the hard part there. So yeah, so so you think that that breaks down more of a paid versus free thing? Yeah, I think that I think it's a lot easier to hop back into a free game because again, there's no investment, there's no risk to it. You're just oh, it's free. Sure, why not? I'll install it. Sure. Um, yeah. So here's a question for you: Do you feel like we kind of talked about? Do the developers have to listen to our feedback? And I don't think they have to listen to our feedback. But do you feel like we have a right to um, really kind of get up in an uproar about patches that don't necessarily, they're not necessarily like 
break your system or break the game patches, but they're relatively large patches that just destroy the experience. Do you feel like we have a right to push back on those and try and get something changed? So I'll use an example, uh, and it's actually a very relevant example, current state. So the new Fortnite patch, the 8.4.1 or whatever the hell it is, um, came out, and they removed what's called Siphon. So Siphon is the idea that when you kill somebody, they drop their, their mats in their health pots. And then their weapons okay. and things like that. So they no longer drop their mats or their health pots. So when you remove that from the game, when they removed that from the game, it literally, like, there's no urge to try and um, get the kill. There's no urge to try in late game. It can be detrimental because you're not, if you've if all the health pots have been looted, there's no way for you to regen your health or regen anything. So this, game, this, this change has literally caused, like, Every major streamer that I know of that plays Fortnite, Tim the Tatman, Ninja, Dr. Lupo, Trevor May, they're like right now I'm looking at Twitch. Tim the Tatman is playing Dale Morris. And I listened to him, huh. I listened to him earlier and he talked about he's like, I just I will not log into Fortnite right now. The game is so broken and it's not fun to play. So, so it just completely changes everything endgame on it then? The amount of mats and the amount of yeah, it, health pots that you have? It slows the game down significantly because there's no no reason for people to push for a kill, right? Because honestly, pushing for a kill would cause you to possibly get shot at or injured with no chance of finding a health pot if you, if you got the kill, right? In the past, if you got the kill, then you'd have a good chance to replenish your mats, maybe get a health pot or a shield so you can kind of build yourself back up. You don't have that anymore, so there's no reason to push for the kill. So these people are literally just hanging out on the edge, hanging out on the edge, hanging out on the edge. So it just slows the game down so much. Uh, and then oh. and then end game is just a cluster, right? Because there's, you I mean, you engage with three, four, five people and it's just a mess, so... So interesting. There was so have have I experienced patches that do the same? Um, I mean, there have been plenty of balance patches in games that I have absolutely hated. That is kind of what it sounds like. This sort of thing is. Um, same with. I mean, I guess one of the things I kind of complained about a little bit at the start of this podcast was stuff in Overwatch. Um, Overwatch is great at breaking characters. Um, they kind of come in with a bit of a sledgehammer when it comes to changing the meta sometimes. Uh, yep. I think that one of the things that I would point to that a lot of people loved, and actually, you know, it is kind of one of those things where it's maybe a love-hate thing, uh, destroying Mercy. Oh, God. Back about a year and a half ago when they looked at it and they said, hey, Mercy is a must-pick because she's able to do this ultimate where she reses the entire team or, you know, entire team in a radius around her, whatever it sort of thing is. Uh, so how about we just entirely break this character and then beat her with a nerf bat every possible chance we could get. And a lot of people loved it because, you know, they hated that sort of thing and that meta was getting stale to them. But to me, as somebody who absolutely loved playing her and loved the strategy of, you know, the risk-reward of trying to heal somebody or boost somebody, but also staying alive so that you could do a res on people, uh, it completely just ruined that for me. And I basically have not played that character again in two years the yeah. character that i you know started off maining in that game right um and i feel like that's you know that's something where they wanted to alter it because they looked at it and said hey this character is picked every single game no matter what because she's too strong yep and, you know, and i get it i just think the way they did it really ruined that character for me and in some ways it kind of ruined the game for a little bit for me until i was able to 
figure out some other characters that I enjoyed again. Yeah, she absolutely was a must pick. That's that's hundred percent accurate, and that and I agree with that. Um, another one that I think about, and it was a developer led content patch, and it stayed in the game no matter regardless of the uproar, um, was uh, removing flying from WoW. So here's here's my thing with it, right? I totally get it. You want me to experience the entirety of the expansion on my feet. Gotcha. Why, in God's name, after I've hit 120 and more than likely experienced the entire expansion on my feet, do you not allow me to fly? Like, I don't understand why that sure. change ever happened, right? Um, and that, to me, is kind of a big... Uh, one of those things where the, the community pushback, like, help me understand why I have to spend exorbitant amounts more time running across the continent because you just don't want to put flying back in the game and well and then it was that was combined with then also starting to make expansions with areas where in order to get from one side to the other you weren't just able to run across that zone you had to go down into the valley and across and up a ramp and then through a town and around these things and yeah i mean it just it became a more circuitous route and the only way to get there was to slowly ride your horse along right so like things like that i really wish that you know, the developers look at it and go, you know what? The community's probably right. Like, I don't really understand why it's such a big deal that they can fly at 120. Like, we made them go from 110 to 120 all by themselves on their stupid little horse mounts. They've had to take the circuitous route, routes to get around from point A to point B. Let's, let's give them their flying mounts back. But to this day, I mean, hell, I've been a 120 now for... Th- Let's, it released in August. I think I was a 120 four days after it released. So I've been a 120 now for five months, and I how still about, can't fly. Compromise? Let's, let's compromise. All of these different expansions have multiple zones. You'll have four or five or six zones or whatever, and there's a little story through line in it and all these different quests that you do. Um, they have achievements, and they have for multiple expansions now for completing all of the content in individual zones. So if they want to say that you need to be able to complete all that content before you're allowed to fly, just tie it to achievements for each individual zone. All right, cool, I went to zone A, I did absolutely everything I can possibly do, I can now fly on all my characters in zone A. But zone B, where I haven't done everything yet, the second I cross into that border, I get shot down by goblin anti-aircraft missiles, and I need to go back on my horse. Oh, it'll be just like, remember Wintergrasp in, uh, yeah, in Drago, you where you would fly over Wintergrasp and it would just demount you and you'd fall 10,000 feet to your death and you're like oh I'm in winter grass perfect ah uh, yep yeah yeah well so I think we're both in the same boat that uh as much as we can whine and, and bitch and moan about it they're probably going to continue to make those content patches but well and and gamers are good at bitching I mean that's that's part of the uh the gaming scene whether you are part of it or not um we didn't really talk about April Fool's Day, April 1st stuff. Uh, I guess something that kind of relates to this a little bit is uh, the main gaming subreddit on on Reddit, r slash uh, games, shut down on April Fool's as kind of a, I don't want to call it a protest, but, you know, this awareness type thing for uh, basically toxic gaming, right? So they looked at it, and uh, the mods said that there is a whole lot of... Uh, you know, toxicity, whether it's racism or sexism or transphobia or whatever out there in the gaming community. And they wanted to basically try to raise some level of kind of awareness and basically tell the community to knock it off um, and get rid of some of that sort of really toxic negativity. So they shut down the the subreddit and a lot of people obviously complained that it was just a weird uh, virtue 
signaling type thing and trying to, you know, just play up to the political correct nature of things right now. Um, but it is impossible to look at some of those sorts of gaming communities and not see a lot of toxicity in it. Um, and again, maybe it is the vocal minority that is the worst of them, but but it's out there. So final question to you then on this whole idea of what should gamers be expecting from devs? What should devs be expecting from the game community? And then vice versa, what should, if anything, what sort of responsibility should the devs have on policing the gaming community to get the community that they want for their games? I, you see, that's a that's a scary double-edged sword, right? So the devs, what the devs should expect from the gaming community is a ridiculous amount of toxicity um, and uh, probably somebody always complaining about their last five years of work. Uh, unfortunately, that's the most accurate answer I can give you. Um, how do I feel like they should police their communities? I do. Uh, I think that they're gonna they're gonna draw more negative attention. Uh, by policing their communities uh, strictly. So like we see, uh, for example, we're going to use the infamous don't you have phones, right? Sure. So don't you have phones, the YouTube clip for, um, uh, my, I can't even think of the name of the game because it makes me want to vomit, uh, Diablo Immortals. Uh, so YouTube, YouTube launch trailer for Diablo Immortals comes out. And... Uh, in the first like hour, it has over ten thousand thumbs downs. And that's bad. Yeah, that's real bad. And the Blizzard community actually deleted the video and put it back up to reset the counter. Because now stuff like that, that just makes me want to I want to hit it four or five times now. Cause I'm like, are you kidding me? You can't even just take the fact that you put a piece of crap out fire up the vpn yeah. Ma, we're uh downvoting youtube video right so i think you know if you're gonna spend your time policing your community like that and and uh deleting all the negative comments and then then you really don't care about the feedback right because truly I, no matter what you say yes i'm sure there are probably eight people that care about diablo immortals um but there was clearly ten thousand people that didn't and to just wipe those 10,000 people off the face of the planet and go, we're going to do this because it's the way we make money, I think, candidly, you deserve to get kicked in the nuts by the, the gaming community for that, right? Sure. How about So how about in-game then? Because, I mean, obviously that's something that's on YouTube. Um, and we could also look at forums. You know, you've got, if you go on the official Battle.net forums, they obviously have content filters and they have content standards where you're not allowed to just get on there and go on some sort of horrible angry tirade right um but you know within game how much policing should be done in a video game setting right you know like uh right now in overwatch if somebody is horrible and toxic i can mute them which is fantastic you know because you can mute them on voice chat you can also mute them just in the text chat you can mute general chat if you want just don't join general chat and you don't ever have to see anybody from your team or their team or anybody talking and you could pretend that this is a single player game with a bunch of bots and everything is great um but if you are in there and if you are playing with a bunch of angsty 13 year olds or grown ass men pretending they are angsty 13 year olds there is a reporting system yep and for all i know that reporting system you know i i i smash that button and it sends a little digital signal through my internet, and it travels down the wires, and it goes to some fax machine in Blizzard HQ, 
and that prints out my report into a giant incinerator as someone sits there laughing about the fact that I think that that's actually going to do anything by reporting somebody. But you know what? It makes me feel better, damn it. Like, it makes me feel good being able to hit that button and say that this dude is a dickbag. Yep. I hear you there, and I, I like that idea, actually. I like the reporting functionality, especially for uh, things like hackers and everything else. I love I love sure. to be able to report people. Um, yeah. I do think that, you know, I, I like that there's some oversight to it. Um, you know, for example, if I, I'm sure I've had a toxic game or two in my life. Um, and I really appreciate that Blizzard doesn't ban me for three days because for one bad event. because I said sure. one bad thing, right? So I do like the fact that they have some, some oversight to it. But I agree with you. It does not feel like... To me, it feels like you have to have more than a thousand complaints before someone gets banned for any sort of thing, right? Um, which, that kind of sucks. Um, you know, candidly, I do think... I, I'm, I'm going to use an example of when we were playing... Uh, this must have been like six to eight months ago and there was these group of dudes that were just being racist in chat and we reported them and it wouldn't have been that hard for blizzard to go oh here's a report looks like someone's been racist let's look at the log chats yep they were definitely being racist ban them right there's you don't need to have multiple people say that you're being racist before you ban like look at the log they're being racist did they yeah did they say something horrible yes cool ban yeah exactly so um i think that that sort of stuff is important um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I also understand that one, the more they ban people, the more the player base gets toxic or the more that, you know, the player base pushes back on, Oh, you banned me for saying one thing, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. Uh, it's, that's a hard path to cross. I do like the fact that, uh, realm uh, to kind of jump on the hacker side of things. They're not just doing an IP ban. They're actually doing a Mac ban. They're banning. Oh, really? Yeah, they're banning hardware, which is awesome. I like that. So these guys are like, they even try. There's one guy's like, I even jumped through a offsite VPN to try and log in, and it won't even let me log in. So they're they're. I don't know what they're banning something huh. on the hardware, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. So they're catching these hackers and they're banning the hardware. They're doing a hardware ban, which is pretty ba. But yeah, uh, I like that. Yeah, so I don't know. I I think devs are gonna do what they're gonna do. Uh, and they have the right oh. to do that, so... Yeah, so let's let's circle all back around then. Let's bring this back to a happy place. Um, GG cast listeners and viewers out there, be good to each other. Realize that your other fellow gamers are people too. They are dads and brothers and sons, and they have a limited amount of time that they can jump in and play these games. So, you know, if you're having a bad day, just... You know, maybe log off, drink some cocoa, or go for a walk or something. Don't bring your toxicity into a multiplayer environment. Um, if there's some developer that makes a game or makes a decision you don't like, go play a different game or give your money to a developer that you do like or games that you do enjoy. Uh, this is really like one of the best times in the history of mankind to be a gamer. Uh, there are Three amazing consoles out there. You can be an Xbox, a PlayStation, a Nintendo gamer, and feel incredibly happy with the game libraries on those systems. PC is at about the best it has ever been with incredible hardware that is cheap, games that are plentiful, uh, robust services that you can get them from. Uh, I mean, really, the only complaint you could possibly have as a gamer right now is that Blockbuster is out of business. So the only option you really have is to go over to the Redbox if you don't feel like actually having to buy a game. Uh, so, you know what? Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. 
And uh, and remember that game developers are people too, with uh, with family as well that uh, they would like to go home to. So maybe instead of demanding that one extra skin for your favorite character or a slight buff or nerf to a gun that you like or, or hate, uh, maybe let them go home to their family and pet the dog and kiss the baby. Be good to each other. I like it. I agree. I think that's a positive thing. Anyway, fuck everybody. Yeah, seriously. I was going to say, are you done monologuing now so we can go play some games? Sounds good. Jason, if somebody <laughs> wants to uh, reach out to us with some sort of toxic, horrible message, where should they go? Sure, absolutely. Let's uh, let's talk about getting in touch with us. So first and foremost, if you like what you heard, if you like the content and you want to support GG, uh, you can hit us up out on Patreon. We are patreon.com forward slash GG podcast. Uh, you know, you can you can pledge nothing and just give us a middle finger uh, while you're out there. You can pledge up to five bucks. Can they do that? I don't know. I actually, I actually have never tried it, but I'm sure good. you probably could. Um. We also have the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash GG podcast. Um, that is our community page there. Uh, we do actively publish the podcast out there as well as chat anytime someone wants to chat with us. Um, so check us out out there. Um, out on the interwebs, we have a website. Well, we have Trinity Gamers website, but that's where we post the podcast. You can leave comments there uh, or notes there. So that's uh, www.trinitygamers.com. Uh, we have the Twitters. We got all kinds of stuff. Twitters at ggpodcast1. Uh, and then last but not least, we do have an email address. Uh, at least I think we have an email address. Somebody should probably let me know if you've tried to email us and it's just not coming through because I haven't seen an email yet. Um, so I, I even, you know, like I, even Brian hasn't sent me an email yet. Just to, just to yeah, say, no, I, hey. I thought about it after you're like whining last. Yeah, just seriously. You a test email or something. But guys, I don't have a personal email address. This is the only email address that makes me feel value in my life. He's so. feeling really unloved right now. Everybody. Right. No, our email address is ggpodcast at trinitygamers.com. So hit us up out there if you have you know, content you want us to talk about. If you have a question, if we offended you, uh, well, we don't care if we offended you. That was just an added perk, but, uh, uh, feel free to hit us up out there and, uh, we will be happy to answer it. Uh, also last but not least, we started live streaming this thing, uh, which is kind of fun. We've had some community involvement in the, the Twitch channel. So if you guys check out, uh, twitch.tv forward slash Ignatio one three for now, that's I G N A T I O one three. Um, really I'm just boosting my own Twitch channel, but eventually we'll probably create one for gamers gathering, but we stream live out there. So you can talk to us out there while we're streaming and we'll make sure to involve you in the content as well. Yeah. And that's every Wednesday around eight 30 ish central usually. Yep. That's when we're doing it. So, uh, it's good to talk to you guys. Uh, Brian, GG, my friend. GG, buddy. Well played. We will talk to you guys later. Have fun gaming, everybody.